Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. I talk anything and everything that has to do with AI, ML, and data science. Let's discuss eight ways that you can jumpstart your machine learning. So do you need to classify data or predict outcomes? Are you having problems getting your machine learning project off the ground? There are a number of techniques available to help you achieve liftoff. Some of the eight methods that I'm going to discuss um, today will accelerate your machine learning process dramatically, while others will not only accelerate the process, but also help you build a better model. Not all of these methods are going to be suitable for any given project. But the first one, which is exploratory data analysis, should never be left out. So let's go through these eight ways to jumpstart your machine learning or deep learning projects. The first is to start with EDA, which is exploratory data analysis. So jumping to machine learning training without first examining your data in depth is like you know, having sex without foreplay. It's a lot of work and it won't be nearly as rewarding. So EDA, which is exploratory data analysis, combines graphical and statistical methods. So some of the more common techniques include histograms and box and whisker plots of individual uh, variables. Um, There's also scatter plots, scatter charts of pairs of variables and plots of descriptive statistics. So for example, correlations among um, variables as a heat map plot of pairwise correlations. So EDA can also include dimensionality reduction techniques such as principal component analysis, otherwise known as PCA, and nonlinear dimensionality reduction, which is N. NLDR. So for time-based data, you also want to plot line charts of your raw variables and statistics over time, which can, among other things, um, highlight seasonality and day of week variations, and also you know anomaly jumps from uh, like weird things like uh, storms or epidemics. Um, so. Um, Exploratory data analysis is more than just statistical graphics. It's a philosophical approach to data analysis designed to help you keep an open mind instead of trying to force the data into a model. So these days, many of the ideas um, of exploratory data analysis have been incorporated into data mining. So the next topic is, you know, building unsupervised clusters. So a, um, a cluster analysis is an unsupervised learning problem that asks the model to find groups of similar data points. So there are several clustering algorithms currently uh, in use, which um, have slightly different characteristics. In general, um, clustering algorithms look at the metrics or distance functions between the feature vectors of the data point and um, and then group them 
uh, based on how near each one is to each other. So clustering algorithms work best if the classes don't overlap. Now, one of the most common clustering methods is k-means, which attempts to divide um, n number of observations into k number of clusters using the Euclidean distance metric. So with the, um, the, the objective of minimizing the, the variance or the, the, uh, the sum of squares within each cluster. So it's a, it's a method of vector quantization and is useful for feature learning. Another one is the Lloyd's um, algorithm, uh, which basically um, it's an iterative cluster algorithm with uh, centroid updates, which is the most common heuristic uh, used to solve the problem and you know it's it's relatively efficient but doesn't guarantee global convergence so to improve this people often run the algorithm multiple times using random initial cluster centroids uh, which are generated by um, you know random um, partition methods um, so k-means assumes spherical clusters that are separable so that the mean converges towards the cluster center and also assumes that the ordering of the data points um, that doesn't really matter so the clusters are expected to be of similar size so that the assignment to the nearest cluster center is the correct assignment so if um, k-means cluster doesn't work for you you should consider um, uh, cluster analysis or a mixture of models or uh, DBS-CAN uh, um, and also consider like other kinds of unsupervised learning such as autoencoders um, and the methods of moments. Next let's talk about tagging your data with uh, semi-supervised learning. So tag data um, is you know the, the, the creme de la creme of machine learning so if you have no tag data, you can't train a model to predict the target value. The simple but expensive answer to that is to manually tag your data. So the joke about this in academia you know, among professors is that your grad students will do it for you. Uh, it's not so funny if you're actually a grad student though. So the least expensive answer is to manually tag some of your data and then try to predict the rest of the target values with one or more models. So this is called semi-supervised learning. So with uh, self-training algorithms, you know, one of uh, one kind of uh, uh, semi-supervised learning, uh, you accept any predicted values from a single model with a probability above some threshold and then use the, the now larger training data set to build a more refined model. Then you use that model for another round of predictions and then iterate until there's no more predictions uh, uh, that are confident. So self-training sometimes works. Sometimes, you know, it's the model is corrupted by a bad prediction. So you're just rolling the dice with this one. So if you build multiple models and then use them to check each other, you can come up with something more robust, um, such as try training. So another alternative is to combine 
semi-supervised uh, training with transfer learning from an existing model built from different data. So you can implement any of these um, architects yourself. Alternatively, you can actually use like a, a you know an off-the-shelf solution with uh, training labelers such as like Amazon SageMaker, um, Ground Truth. There's Hive Data, Labelbox, Data Loops, um, and you know a, a, there's a number of different um, off-the-shelf solutions that you can just pick from. The next topic we're going to go over is adding uh, complementary data sets. So um, often there's there's uh, you want to be able to cast some light on anomalies in data sets, particularly in time series data sets. So for example, if you add weather data to say bicycle rental data sets, um, you'll be able to explain many deviations that otherwise might have been a mystery, such as like a sharp drop in rentals during rainstorms. So predicting um, retail sales, um, you know, offers a another good example. So there's sales, competitive offerings, changes in um, advertising, economic uh, events, and weather might all affect sales. So the short summary is, if the data doesn't make sense, add some context, and then maybe it'll get clearer. Um, the next topic is let's try automated uh, machine learning or auto ML. So at one time, um, the only way to find the best model for your data was to train every possible model and see which one came out on top. So for many kinds of data, especially tagged uh, tabular data, you can point any AutoML or automated machine learning uh, tool at the data set and come back later to get some good answers. Sometimes the best models will be in an ensemble of other models, which can be costly to use for inference. But often the best uh, simple model is nearly as good as the ensemble and much cheaper to run. So under the hood, AutoML services often do more than blindly try every appropriate model. Um, for example, some uh, automatically created, uh, normalized, and engineered feature sets, um, they, there's imputing uh, missing values, dropping correlated features, and adding lagged columns for time series uh, forecasting. So another <clears throat> activity is performing hyper-parameter uh, optimization for some of the best models to improve you know, further. So to get the best possible result in you know a short amount of time, some AutoML services uh, quickly terminate the training of the models that aren't improving much, and then devote more of their cycles to the models that look more promising. So next, let's talk about um, customize um, like a, a training model with transfer learning. Um, so training a large neural network from scratch typically requires a shit ton of data. So we're talking millions of training items are you know not unusual. And there's significant time and computing resources. So think you know several weeks using multiple server GPUs. Um, one powerful shortcut, is known as transfer learning. 
So that's to customize a uh, trained neural network by uh, training a few new layers on top of the network with new data or extracting the features from the network and using those to train a simple linear classifier. So this can be done using a couple off-the-shelf uh, cloud services, you know, such as like Microsoft's Azure Custom Vision or uh, Custom Language Understanding, or by taking um, advantage of libraries of trained neural networks created with, you know, for instance, TensorFlow or PyTorch. Um, transfer learning or fine tuning can often be completed in minutes with a, a simple GPU rather than weeks with multiple GPUs. Next, let's talk about trying different learning algorithms from a model zoo. Uh, so even if you can't easily create the model you need from uh, with uh, transfer learning using your preferred you know cloud service or deep learning um, framework, you still might be able to avoid the slog of designing and training a deep neural network model from scratch. So most major frameworks have a model zoo that's more extensive than their model APIs. There are even some websites that maintain model zoos for multiple frameworks and for any uh, framework that can handle a specific representation, such as uh, ONX. So many of the models you'll see in model zoos are fully trained and ready to use. Some, however, are particularly trained, um, are partially trained um, snapshots. So uh, the weights are useful as starting points for training your own data sets. So next, let's talk about optimizing your model's hyperparameter. Um, training a model the first time isn't the end of the process. Machine learning models can often be improved by using different hyperparameters, and the best ones are found by hyperparameter optimization, or otherwise known as tuning. So no, this isn't really a, a jumpstart, but it's a way to get from an early, not so good model to a much better model. Hyperparameter, uh, hyperparameters are parameters outside the model, which are used to control the learning process. So parameters inside the model, uh, such as node weights, are learned during the model training while hyperparameter optimization is essentially the process of finding the best set of hyperparameters for a given model. So each step in the optimization um, involves training the model again and getting a loss uh, value back. So the hyperparameters uh, that uh, matter uh, uh, depend on the, the model and the optimizer used within the model. So for example, learning rate is a common uh, hyperparameter for neural networks, uh, except when the optimizer takes control of the learning rate from epoch to epoch. So for a support vector machine classifier with a, uh, a, a RBF, which is a radio um, basis function kernel, the hyperparameters might have a uh, regularization constant and a kernel constant. 
So hyperparameter optimizations can use a number of search algorithms. So uh, grid search is uh, the, the traditional method. Um, on the other hand, grid search requires many trainings to cover all of the combinations of hyper or like multiple hyperparameters. But on the other hand, all the training can do, can run in parallel if you have enough computing resources. So random searches um, are sometimes more or more effective, but you know it's also easy to uh, paralyze. Um, other alternatives include uh, Bayesian optimization, gradient descent, um, evolutionary optimization, and early stopping algorithms. So um, to summarize, you know you want you want to start your model building process with exploratory data analysis, and then use um, unsupervised learning to understand more about your data and features. So you want to try AutoML to test out many models quickly. If you need a, uh, a deep neural network model, first try you know transferring or uh, a model zoo before uh, trying to um, you know uh, uh, before um, trying to train your own network from scratch. So if you find a model you think looks pretty good, try uh, improving it with hyperparameter tuning. Uh, then you can try the model in production and monitor it. Oh, and by the way, uh, you're not really done at this point. Over time, the data or the concept will drift because of real-world events, and you'll need to refine and retrain your model. So you may even discover that a different type of model will work better for the new data. So again, you know, what fun would it be if you could build a model once and be done with it? Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can contact me at tonyphoang.com for more information on AI, ML, and data science.